All right. Y'all, I'm really excited to be here. I'm really excited that, um, you know, Drake asked me to come speak. You know, when he uh, texted me, I immediately said yes, because I think it's just, um, this is a topic that's very near to me, but then it's also a really good way um, just to help me grow in Christ and to, uh, to be able to speak with y'all. Um, one of the things I always like to do is just kind of as an icebreaker, because I don't know that I know any of you. So, so I mean, Drake, introduced my, Drake introduced me. My name is Blake. I'm a nurse. Uh, I'm actually a pediatric nurse, so that's y'all are y'all are who I always took care of. Um, I went back and got uh, an advanced degree, my doctorate, and so now I teach nursing students. Um, and so I really, uh, growing up when I was probably y'all's age, I can remember I either wanted to be a nurse or. Drake couldn't even ask if you were okay. <laughs> I'm good. Okay, just sure. Yeah, we're good. Um, Lost my train of thought. Oh, teacher, nurse. I either want to be a teacher or a nurse. Now I teach nursing. So this could really get the best of both worlds. So really quickly, I just want, if you will briefly, I know y'all probably know each other, but just, just tell me your name. That way I, I'm Blake. I'll just kind of go to, from the front row up. Naomi, Taryn, Jada, Anna, to meet everybody. Um, so we're going to kind of talk about anxiety for a little bit. So, you know, as I mentioned earlier, as soon as I said yes to Drake, what's something that kind of came to my mind? Public speaking. I got to speak in front of people, uh, even though I do it for a living. Um, and so I was, I was getting ready just kind of as an icebreaker, you know, doing uh, some research on the internet. One of the things that it mentions is that there's so many of us that are scared of public speaking. That's a, that's a fear. It gives anxiety. Um, it mentioned that there are, people are more scared of public speaking than they are spiders, heights, and death. All right. And of course, that's just some statistics. That's not everybody. Uh, but a good icebreaker uh, to do that because, again, anxiety gives us, you know, it makes our heart rate go up. It makes our blood pressure go up. Hormones get released. Certain chemicals in our body. Um, so what are some fears that we have in the room? Just typical physical fears. Snakes, lizards, clowns, I'm right? I'm definitely afraid of spiders. Spiders, I would, I would agree to that. I, I'm scared of heights, for sure. I don't like heights. Um, I had to climb up a ladder the other day and I started just getting that nervous feeling, all right? So that feeling, that sensation, we're going to kind of talk about that today. But one of the things that the facts don't lie about is that you know we live in a very stressed out society all right and it affects the way we sleep it can affect our appetite i mean it has uh physical responses on our body all right and so for the purpose of the message today i want to spend some time discussing you know everyday stress and anxiety and some scripture that can really give us some comfort um, as we go through these daily stressors and these daily anxieties now you know if you think about it anxiety it can really be described as a bully if you think about it and, and the reason I say that is again think about the physical responses that anxiety does to us all right what does it do to our heart rate it goes up what does it do to the palms of our hands you get sweaty mine are a little sweaty right now all right so it just those are just natural things that happen physical responses but what happens is 
these physical symptoms and this anxiety, what it does is that it can take something that we should be able to do so simply, a simple task, and it makes it feel like a mammoth responsibility, right? And so it can make us stay up all night about a past mistake, or it could even uh, cause us to stay up all night about a worst case scenario for the future. Now, a lot of times, you know, anxiety rears its ugly heads at difficult times. You know, how many of you by show of hands, you know, have stressors at school, right? Grades, um, me too, right? Um, there may be some juniors, seniors, maybe even sophomores, standardized testing, ACT, um, sports, band. I mean, there's, there's stressors with school. How many of you would say that there's some stressors with relationships, personal relationships, boyfriend, girlfriend, best friend, parents, right, family? They're there. Uh, how, many, how many of you feel anxious right now maybe about a future event? I think about seniors. Any seniors in the room, right? Going off to college, application deadlines. My friends know where I'm go they're going. I don't know where I'm going. That's starting to make me a little nervous, right? So lots of different stressful points. So I want to focus on some scripture today. So let's dive into the New Testament. Let's go to Philippians, all right, which is towards the end of the New Testament. We're going to go to chapter 4. All right, there's only four chapters in Philippians. So if you'll go to Philippians chapter 4. And we're going to kind of break down into parts verses 6 through 13, okay, verses 6 through 13, and so I'm going to read verses 6 through 13 now, and then again, we're going to kind of break it up into three different parts, so I'm coming out of the NIV, so uh, mine might be just a little bit different for yours, but here's what it says, let's read it together, it says, verses 6 through 13, chapter 4 of Philippians, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Verse 7 says, And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Verse 8, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, Think about such things. Verse 9 says, Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. Verse 10, I rejoiced greatly in the Lord that at last you renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I am not saying this because I am in need, verse 11, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. Verse 12, I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. Verse 13, I can do all this through him who gives me strength. All right, so we're going to kind of break down this scripture. So let's first focus on verses 6 and 7. I'm going to read reread verses 6 and 7 and then we're going to talk about it. It says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, 
which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. All right? So one of the things that I, I want us to kind of think about here, I want you to kind of close your eyes and let's picture the times, right? Let's close our eyes, right? And so picture it. It's Rome. Picture gladiators, soldiers, coliseums, probably lots of beautiful architecture. And there's this thriving city of Philippi. And the city receives a very personal letter from someone. And that someone's Paul. All right? Now let's come back in. Now Philippians is one of Paul's most personal writings. All right? And at this time when it's written, the Philippians are having some turmoil because the culture is shifting. All right? The church and its members are suffering. They're scared and they're not safe. All right? So Paul wanted to help his hurting friends. And something else that I want you all to make reference of here is that Paul is writing this passage from prison. All right? And that's going to be really important um, as we go through this message. All right? and, and that's important to recognize because Paul is giving us the path to peace while imprisoned. Okay? While imprisoned. Now, essentially what we're going to get from this is that anxiety, and this is verses 6 and 7, is that anxiety will try to derail us, but there's two pathways. It's going to be prayer and thanksgiving, okay? It's prayer and thanksgiving. Now, some of y'all might say, well, you know, Blake, what, what is Paul saying here? Is he saying to just pray the pain away? Because that seems really, really simple, and I've got complex problems. I'm stressed about something. I've got anxiety about something. And so what it's saying here is that prayer is a pivotal step towards peace. All right, it's a pivotal step towards peace. The scripture says, lay your burdens, your concerns, your fears before God. So it's saying, you know, give God the pain of the past and the uncertainty of the future. All right? Prayer is so powerful because it puts us into the present moment. Right? It helps us have the peace of God. And this is something that I really want you all to take to heart because this is something that I struggle with and we'll talk about it. For that to be effective, for this prayer to be powerful, it cannot just be a prayer life where all you pray about is the things you worry about. Right? That's so important. You pray about those things, but you need to be praying about the other things too. Right? Because if all you pray about are the things that you're worried about, your mind is not focused on God, it's focused on the things that you're worried about. Right? Effective prayer moves beyond that. It gives God thanks. Mentions the good things. But y'all, how many of us are guilty of that? I, I'll raise both hands, right? When I get stressed or if I get anxious about something, my prayers are focused on the stress and the anxious. And I forget to thank God for the good stuff that's happening, right? And I think a lot of people are guilty about that, right? Um, and, and it may be just human nature, all right? But how many of us think about that when we pray we simply are just trying to pray for all the bad stuff to go away or for the bad stuff to get better. So I know I'm guilty, but again, it's the gratitude. Remember we said it's two pathways. It's prayer and thanksgiving. Okay, it's that gratitude piece. All right, so let's kind of shift gears and talk about the gratitude part, the thanksgiving part. All right, another icebreaker, right? So thanksgiving, that's a, a much bigger holiday than what we think about. And we're going to go into the true meaning of thanksgiving here. But, again, let's just talk about it. Thanksgiving. When, when y'all think of Thanksgiving, and I'm talking the holiday, what comes to mind? What are some things? First thing that comes to your mind? I think turkey. All right? What else? 
I'll tell you, you know, I, I've done this before and some will say uh, Black Friday shopping, all right? Lots of different things, football, the food, the family, you know, getting together, lots of different answers here, all right? So let's kind of put this in perspective though. So it's so important to put this Thanksgiving into our daily routine, especially y'all when we're experiencing this anxiety or these stressful moments. It's so important to count the things that we're thankful for. And y'all, some days are harder than others. There's gonna be some days where it's really hard to think of what I'm thankful for. And y'all, sometimes in its simplest form, it's, and they mentioned it in the, um, in the music a while ago, I'm just thankful I've got two healthy lungs where I can breathe oxygen in and out of my body, all right? I mean, sometimes we just have to get basic and think about things that we're not even thinking of maybe, all right? That we gotta be thankful for. So when it comes to Thanksgiving, it can be a reminder that, you know, God has provided for us in the past. He's going to continue to provide for us in the future. And so, y'all, it's that gratitude piece that can help us. It can help us uh, contextualize our past. It can connect us with peace in the now, right? And it can help us stay optimistic for the future, right, which is really important. So prayer and Thanksgiving, they both offer this path to this inner peace. Okay? Peace happens when we are set free from our stress, from our worry, from the uncertainty. It's not based on the surroundings, right? It's based on our standing with God. And this is something, if you're writing, I'd love for you to write this down because I have it highlighted in, in my Bible. Prayer connects us to God's presence, and God's presence, that's our source of peace. Right? I'll repeat that. Prayer connects us to God's presence, and God's presence is our source of peace. And so, you know, with God, true, pre true peace is a present. And think about this, you know, just like with any gift, you, we have to be open to receive it. So we need to invite God into our stress, into our mess, and He will give us peace. All right? He will give us peace. Now, I have some note cards. Some of y'all probably have pens, but I'm just going to pass this around. I'd love for you to take a note card. If you need a pen, you can grab a pen if you don't. So just take one and just pass the bowl around. And you don't have to put your name on this. I want this to just stay confidential, all right? But as that's going around, this is what I want y'all to think about with this uh, note card. Now we're going to write something on both sides. We're going to write something on the other side towards the end of the message. So right now, I want you to just take maybe two minutes, and on one side of that card, I want you to just write down what are some things that are causing stress in your life right now. What are things that are causing you to be anxious? Because I'm gonna pray. I'm gonna pray for you. All right. I believe in prayer. All right. Everybody here can pray for you. All right. But you know, again, don't put your name on it. It can stay confidential. But what are some stressors in your life right now? What are some anxieties that you're dealing with right now? All right, so just be vulnerable and write those things down. And then again, you're just going to hold on to that card um, until the end of the message, and then you'll turn that back in, okay? So I'm going to give you all a couple minutes to, to work on that.
y'all a couple couple minutes and then we'll get back going. Like I said, once you're done, you're just gonna hold on to that card for now. All right, let me get back to our notes here. So, remember, it's verses 6 and 7, prayer and thanksgiving. All right, we're going to go to part 2. Remember, we're breaking it into three parts. So, part 2 is going to be verses 8 and 9. So, verses 8 and 9 will help us transform our thinking, okay? So, let's go back to the scripture. I'm going to read it, and then we're going to kind of break it down. It says, verse 8 and 9. Verse 8 says, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, Whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned, verse 9, whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. All right? So let's talk about what's important to get out of this. You know, Paul, remember Paul is laying a foundation, a pathway and he's encouraging his friends to break from negative thought patterns, okay? And instead, he wants to use positive virtues, all of those things in verse 8. Now, what is a virtue? The dictionary describes a virtue as a behavior showing high moral standards. So the scripture says, whatever is true, noble, pure, right, admirable, and lovely, think on those things. So, so what's the message here? It's it's this, it's, it's dwell on those things. Think about, focus on, meditate on these things. And in verse 9, God's peace will guard your heart and your mind. All right? And so it's the idea of what we focus on, what we think about all the time, what we look at all the time, it's going to consume us, whether it's good or bad. All right? And now it's not saying here to ignore your problems, right? We, we need to be realistic. God wants to hear us. He wants us to pray to him about our problems, but God also wants us to have enough faith and enough love in him that we do more than just focus on our problems, 
right? and, that, and that's really important. Okay, so let's kind of break it down a little bit more. Let's think about Paul here. Where did we say Paul was? Paul's where? He's in prison, right? But y'all think about this. Paul did not sit there and moan and crumble and complain all the time. Paul seized every opportunity to give God glory. So even in prison, Paul is looking for the good. He's looking for the opportunity. And so what you focus on, this is really important, what we focus on is going to determine whether or not we're filled in control by anxiety or we're filled in control by the peace of God. All right, I'm going to repeat that. What we focus on is going to determine whether or not we're filled in control by anxiety or we're filled in control by the peace of God. I'm going to repeat that one more time. It's just so important. It resonates. Right? What we focus on is going to determine whether or not we're filled in control by anxiety or we're filled in control by the peace of God. All right, so let's go back in our scripture. Let's look at verse 8 again. All right, these virtues, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable. All right? True. Let's look at true first. Y'all, true is what it means, being realistic and honest. Y'all, it's, it's so easy for us to fill our minds with lies, with accusations, and with worst-case scenarios, right? And so Paul, what he's encouraging us here to do is focus on what we know to be true and that alone, all right? Let's look at noble, all right? Noble means worthy of respect, all right? So what is it saying here? Don't disrespect yourself and fill your mind with self-destructive thoughts, all right? Don't fill your mind with self-destructive thoughts. Focus on what's noble and what's respectful of both other people and of yourself. All right, let's look at what is right and what is pure. It's telling us to focus on honoring God and others, right? It's saying we need to actively fight the urge to fill our mind with unrighteous and impure thoughts and rather we need to think on what's right and, and what's pure. And then admirable and lovely, right? That's pleasing, right, or enjoyable. It simply means to think of the things that make us happy, all right, and try not to sweat the small stuff, but rather focus on all the amazing things that we have going for us, all right? Remember, it's, it's that re redirecting our minds. Now, if you notice, though, Paul doesn't say stop negative thoughts. He suggests we redirect them, okay? So don't just reject negative thoughts, but redirect them. Reject the chaos of worrying, and let's redirect it to the peace that we find in God. So let's center our thoughts on God, and let's reject the negative, right, and think towards the positive. So let's talk about how we could do that icebreaker challenge, right? And I'm sure everybody kind of knows everybody beside you, but right, so what did we just say? So we are, the first part was prayer and thanksgiving, and here it's redirecting our mind. It's negative thoughts, right? And when we get anxious, when we get stressed, well here, I want you to just find somebody here in the room where you're sitting is fine, and then let's, let's share something that we're thankful for, all right? That's really important, because we just talked about it's so easy for us in prayer to be so focused on the things that are bothering us and stressing us and worrying us that then we forget about the things that are 
going good for us. All right? So take a second to think about that. What's something that you're thankful for? Just somebody right beside you. I'm thankful for this. All right? I'll tell you, I'm thankful for Drake to bring me here this weekend. I'm so thankful. I actually had a conflict when he first texted, and then I hadn't even responded yet. And five minutes later, that conflict opened up. And that's, that's just God. It was supposed to, I was supposed to play in a tennis tournament this weekend, and the way it was too cold. And they, they sent out the message and said, we can cancel the tennis tournament. And so I was able to be here, because I wanted to be here. All right? So just take a second, think about something that you're thankful for, and just share it with somebody sitting next to you. All right? So just take a second. It could be anything. All right? I'm thankful for this. I'm thankful for that. But it's that, it's that redirection. All right? Because we get so bogged down and we get so focused on the stress and the anxiety that we really need to re recenter our focus on, okay, well, what's going good in my life right now? All right, so take a second, talk to somebody. What is something that we're thankful for in this very moment, in the now? We're in the present, all right? I'll take a second and talk it out with somebody. And if you don't have nobody to talk to, talk it out with me. Sorry? Oh, okay, you're good. Yeah, you're good. <laughs> Things we're thankful for, right? Front row, they always give me the details. Now we're inside, that's right. Oh, it's a project. One more minute and then we'll get back. We'll get back to our notes. get back to scripture here all right so we've kind of looked at verses six and seven which that that path towards peace prayer and thanksgiving verses eight and nine reshifting our thoughts all right and so let's focus on verses 10 through 13 so i'm going to read verses 10 through 13 you can follow along with me so verse 10 says i rejoiced greatly in the lord that at last you renewed your concern for me indeed you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. Verse 11, I'm not saying this because I'm in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want, I can do all this through him who gives me strength. All right? So let's kind of talk this out, verses 10 through 13. Remember our setting, right? Paul's in prison. Now think about this. Paul should have been stressed, 
should have been discouraged and should have been anxious, right? But that closing scripture, those verses 10 through 13, it's a very optimistic verse, those verses, given the circumstances. All right, so let's dig deeper here. I want you to pay attention to verse 12, all right? I'm going to reread verse 12. It says, I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. Okay? So Paul says here, he's like, I got a secret. All right? And the definition of a secret is when something is not known or seen or not meant to be known or seen by others. But y'all, Paul has this secret and he wants to share it with you, with you, with you, with you, with you, with me, with everybody. All right? So let's talk about what this secret is. What was Paul's secret here? Y'all, it's essentially, it's a recipe for life. It's the secret recipe for overcoming these stressors these things that are causing us to be anxious in our lives. And it's the three C's, and we're going to break each C down. It's contentment, Christ, and confidence. All right? Contentment, Christ, and confidence. The three C's. Contentment, Christ, and confidence. All right, so let's look at contentment. Y'all think about this. If our happiness depends on where we live, or who we're dating, or where we end up working one day, then that's discontentment, right? A lack of gratitude is the perfect grounds for stress because it takes the focus on what we perceive as missing in our life, right? And that's dangerous because that's when the stress will blind us and it's going to make us fixate on what we lack instead of what we have, right? That's very important. I'm going to just repeat that, right? If our happiness depends on where we live, who we're dating, where we end up working, that's discontentment. And that lack of gratitude is the perfect recipe for stress because it takes the focus of what we perceive as missing in our life. And again, that's dangerous because when that stress, it blinds us because it makes us fixate on what we lack instead of what we have. All right, so what does Paul propose here? Well, Paul proposes a new strategy. Paul says what? Be content. Be content. Right? Be content with where you are in the moment, what you have. Be content with who you've become. Paul learned how to be grateful for what he had, which is impressive when you realize how little it was at this time, right? Paul used to be wealthy. Well, now he's in a jail cell, right? He used to travel the world preaching, now he's chained up, okay? How could he seem so happy? Well, here's where the second C comes in. It's Christ, all right? There's your second C. Paul's peace was not dependent on what he had. It was dependent on Christ and Christ alone. He was given the love of Jesus, the acceptance of the Father, the forgiveness of sins, the, the confidence in salvation, Right, so in its simplest form, Paul had Jesus, and that was enough. Right? Y'all, interesting note about Philippians, as I was getting ready to speak this message today, you know, it's a short book, four chapters. Paul mentions Jesus in over 40 verses. There's only 104 verses in the entire book of Philippians. 
So if you think about it, that means Paul averages a Jesus-centered verse every 2.4 lines in the book of Philippians. Now, most people are going to assume that the path to peace is through happiness because think about it. Who doesn't want to be happy? We, always, we all want to be happy, right? Especially if you have an anxious mind that doesn't want to shut off, right? The reason we, we don't get good sleep at night, we may struggle with our appetite. But, you know, happiness is great, but the key here is joy. The key is joy, okay? Happiness is great, but it's based on the word happen, right? It's based on the word happen. So it's built around the things that happen to us. Y'all, joy comes from within. It's based on what's happening within us, not around us, right? And we'll repeat that. Joy. It's built around the things it comes from within. Joy comes from within. It's based on what is happening within us, not around us. All right, that's really important because, again, the key to going towards happiness, we think that. We want to be happy, especially, again, when we're anxious. But there is something more to that. It's joy. Happiness is great. It's based on the word happen. All right, joy is within so let's think about this. Let's kind of apply this, right? Joy is found in Jesus, right? The joy is found in Jesus. Happiness may come and go. Joy is going to stay, right? Because since Jesus has refused to leave us, joy is going to be always with us, right? And within us. Now, don't get me wrong. Are there going to be days where you don't feel as joyful? Absolutely. There's going to be days where you don't feel as joyful. But your joy is certain because Jesus is certain, okay? That's really important. Our joy is certain because Jesus is certain. And some people have asked me before, well, Blake, can, can failure deny our joy? No, because Jesus helps us up. All right? Some will say, well, Blake, can stress steal our joy? No, because God's presence persists. Some will say, well, can tragedy take our joy? No, because Jesus will draw closest to the ones that are broken. Some have asked me, well, Blake, can death destroy our joy? No, because Jesus is greater than the grave. Right? All of those things. I'm going to repeat those things. Joy is found in Jesus. All right? So failure is not going to deny us joy because Jesus helps us up. Stress is not going to steal our joy because God's presence persists. Tragedy can't take our joy because Jesus will draw closest to those that are broken. Death will not destroy our joy because, again, Jesus is greater than the grave. So, Thanks to Christ, we can move forward in confidence. Remember, that's the final C, confidence. That's the final ingredient in Paul's recipe for overcoming stress. So let's look at the final part of the recipe. Which verse is it? It's verse 13. All right, let's look at verse 13. It says, I can do all this through him who gives me strength. I'm going to repeat it one more time. I can do all of this, all of this through him who gives me strength. Now, you know, that's a very common verse, very popular verse. If you think about it, y'all, when the verse is quoted by itself, sometimes the context of that message can get lost. You know, here we intentionally started back in verse 6 because starting in verse 6, we can see this overarching theme of this feel-good story. This is a feel-good message. Now, that verse, verse 13, I can do all things through him who gives me strength, that is not a free pass to go do something dangerous, right? But what it's saying is that it can help remind us that God can bring us through it. 
Now, Paul realized something that all of us should, and that it's true contentment is not related to our current situation. It's anchored in Jesus, okay? True contentment. Remember, Paul wanted us to be content. True contentment is not related to our current situation. It's anchored in Jesus. Okay, let's kind of break that down. Well, let's think about this, right? The circumstances that we face in life, they're going to be constantly changing, okay? But God never changes. That's so important. Paul was able to find true peace because his joy didn't rely on the situation. The entire passage has this peaceful promise. We can have complete victory over any circumstance because Jesus can give us the strength to, to success. All right? We can have complete victory over any circumstance because Jesus will give us that strength for success. You know, it only makes sense that the closing message on stress and anxiety is here. Let's elaborate on that for a second. I want y'all to just kind of tell me, just if you want to raise your hand or just say, let's talk about the opposite of anxiety. We've kind of discussed anxiety, stress, how it makes us feel. Our heart rate goes up. We get sweaty. We may feel sad. What about the opposite? The opposite of anxiety. I wrote three things. I'll say my three, and then maybe y'all can elaborate and add on to mine. When I think of the opposite of anxiety, I think calm. I think stable. I think happy. And those are just three that kind of came to my mind. I wanted to just think of the three things that kind of came to my mind. Anybody else got anything that they could add to that? The opposite of anxiety. Anybody? And there's really, there's probably lots of other words that we could use that would be right. They're all right answers. But what, they're, what the focus here is potentially is that they're opposites of symptoms, right? They're opposites of symptoms. So some, some researchers have suggested that confidence constitutes the exact opposite of anxiety. Because think about it, anxiety is uncertainty a lot of times. So then confidence proves to be the opposite, right? So how do we uh, overcome anxiety? Confidence, right? Confidence. We can have complete confidence in all situations because Jesus is on our side. And we need to embrace that. Y'all think about it. When anxious thoughts come knocking on our door, we need to remind ourselves what does verse 13 say? I can do all things through him who gives me strength. When uncertainty about the future consumes our mind, remember, we can do all things through Christ. Whenever worry starts to sweep us away, we can remember that we can do all things through Christ. Verse 13, I can do all this through him who gives me strength. So when we have confidence in Christ, it gives us this boost. It can give us this energy that we need to be on our path to overcoming these stressors that we face in our day-to-day -day life. And that's so important, right? Now, you know, I'll be the first to admit that um, the scripture, the word has been so powerful in my life because I, I have anxiety, all right? Um, I don't necessarily know when it started. You know, like I said, I'm a pediatric nurse. I took care of a lot of sick kids in my nursing career. And I really think that's where it started because um, they were really sick and I was just constantly on edge, all right? And, um, you know, some people need counselors, which are great. Some people need to go see, seek help, that's great. I'll be the first to tell you I was one of them, all right? Um, and some people need that and that's great. Uh, and I'll tell you, for me, for me personally, and everybody's different, 
this has been the best medicine for me. Um, uh, and, and it really uh, will just help redirect my thoughts. When I get anxious or when I get stressed, I come to this message that I just talked to y'all about. And I just have to start verbalizing it and spitting it out and talking it out, even if I'm talking to myself, right? Because it's very, it, it's very calming. Um, and it just really helps me realize that God can help get me through this, whatever this hurdle is that I'm facing at this time in my life, because we're going to have different hurdles at different phases in our life, right? So let's pull that note card back out, right? Everybody has that note card, and then we're going to put that note card back in our bowl. Um, so remember on the front, we wrote the stressors in our life, things that we're anxious about, and, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna um, pray for those. All right, that's why I wanted you to turn them in. And I'm gonna pray. The leaders can pray. I, I really believe in that because we, we, this is what this weekend is about: is just really to get into God's word and to really, really open our hearts and our mind. Uh, but on the opposite side of that card, this is what I want you to write, and I think this is important. You know, if there's one thing that stood out, what's the one thing that you can take away from this message right now? What's the one thing? Is there something that you that was mentioned that's like, you know what, I need to start doing that in my life. I need to apply that in my life. Or was there this aha moment like that, that, that hit me. What's that one thing that you got from this message? And you may not can think of it right now, and that's okay. You can leave that card blank. But what's one thing that you got from uh, this message? Is it something that you can apply in your daily life? Like I said, when I come back uh, to this message for myself, and I'll tell you, you know, I mentioned it earlier, the big thing for me was when I was stressed or anxious, I was only praying for the stress and the anxious stuff to go away. And I was forgetting to give gratitude for all the good stuff that was going on. Right? And it's so easy to do. We get so caught up in these stressors and anxiety because that's what's the burden right now. And that I would forget to be thankful for all the other good stuff that was happening. Right? And remember what we said, God... It's not that God doesn't want to hear the bad stuff or the stressful stuff. He wants to hear that, but he wants to hear the good stuff, too. All right, that's really important. So take a couple minutes, two, three minutes. Just write down on the other side of your note card, and we're going to turn those in. I'm not sure what's next. I know Drake told me like 45 minutes the other day, and I'm at 44, so I'm, I'm doing pretty good. Um, I didn't really know how much time we, we needed, and um, she, she may can help us tell us where we need to go next. I am going to close in some uh, with a word of prayer before we leave, but I'm going to give you all a couple minutes just to kind of write down what's on your mind, what's on your heart on that card, and then we'll, um, we'll put them back in this bowl. And when you're done, if you will, just fold it one time, just because it's easier to go in the bowl that way. I'll take these pens out. I'm going to donate pens to the choir room. That's okay. <laughs>